In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio, live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Back, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women around the world. We'll cover everything military, from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder, to navigating government programs dealing with family issues, to the struggles of deployment, along with being a working mother, both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio, and here are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Beck. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Tina Gonzalez. Tina, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Sandra. How are you? Good. You have some allergies? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, yes. I don't know what happened. Friday is this like onset. Sneezing all weekend. Well, Probably we're the wind. Bless you <laughs> at the start in case you sneeze again. Um, we have a really great show today, girls. It's so much fun. I'm so happy to have with us my very good friend, and she's powerful, and she's funny, and she's smart. Her name is Lisa Kamen. She's a documentary film producer on happiness. She's the um, author of an upcoming book. She's a mother of two. Uh, She's just so many great things, and um, I think, Tina, it's so fun. We're going to talk about happiness this week, which is kind of a little different from the shows we've had in weeks past. Yes. Happiness is always good to talk about. I think so. I think so. I mean, we've had we had uh, uh, Mike Hoffman from the United States Marine Corps uh, Department of Defense Wounded Warriors Program uh, last week. We had NACRA on a couple weeks prior. For those of you who haven't caught our earlier shows, they're available on iTunes, and you can go on uh, toginet.com, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com, to pick up any of those shows. And coming up, we have a really great, um, we have another documentary film producer next week for our motherhood uh, extravaganza, since it is mother, Mother's Day next weekend, and it's the documentary film producer for The Mother of Normandy. And um, he produced a documentary film on the woman who tended to the graves of the soldiers uh, for like 44 years or something crazy like that. Um, who were killed in Normandy, and she wrote letters to the families. So we have just so many great things coming up. But before we begin, I want to ask Katina, um, what makes you happy as a military mom? What are some of the things that, that really, you know, get your juices flowing? Um, I think I like the diversity. I like the fact that I meet people, other military spouses and girlfriends and other family members from everywhere. It's not just, you know, your normal sunny California people. You meet people from clear across, you know, the United States. Um, you build bonds. There's a lot of bond building. Um, there's a lot of um, friends that you normally wouldn't think. I'm not the type of per. I'm horrible at keeping close contact with people when they move away, but 
ever since I became um, a military spouse, I have learned that PCSing is one of the great parts of the military, and you never know where you're going to be a year down the road. And I have friends all over the states um, that have been here on Camp Pendleton and then had to PCS other places, even, you know, across the world to Okinawa, and I still have such close, close bonds with them. And I love that. I love the friendship and even more so not the friendship, but the family, the family ties that you bring. Because it feels like a big family. Most of us are all dealing with the same stuff. We got husbands or wives that are, you know, service members, and we all are basically dealing with the same stuff. It's like a big old family. We all try to help each other out wherever we can and help each other go through the the triumphs and the other happiness that comes from being in the military. Now, it's interesting that you say, you know, there's, you know, the families and friendships, and I totally agree with you. The friendships that I've made primarily with the Marine Corps um, have lasted, you know, 15, 20 years, and, you know, they're solid, solid to the core, solid to our friendships. And, um, and I think, too, like when we first met, I liked you instantly. You know, I just felt like... <laughs> She gets it. She knows the drill. She knows um, what it's all about. And I think that was like, you know, one of the most wonderful things with my military involvement and your military involvement, you know, that we do get to make these solid friendships that, you know, build over time and they don't go away. Nope. It's uh, honestly, it only, it's like having a lifelong friend. It's like most people say, oh yeah, I went to high school with this you know, with my best friend and, you know, here we are 20 years down the road to where me, I feel like a lot of my, the bestest of my friends have been from meeting them through the military, through our husbands working together, or even having them be my neighbor down the street. And they are my closest friends. And it's always nice to know that I have someone to go to that knows exactly what I'm going through, has had husbands that have went through the exact same thing. So it's nice to be able to talk to them on that level. Now, for our listeners that are just joining us today, um, let's bring people up to speed. You live on Camp Pendleton. You have how many kids? I have four lovely children. You have four lovely children. How many dogs? I have one dog. <laughs> one Little dog. America. Four <laughs> and, months um, old. Pardon me? She's four months old. She's like she's our four baby. four months old. And tell us a little bit about that dog and, and why he's special. Um, America joined our family because my husband um, is going to be um, a trainer for the Freedom Dogs, and she is going to be a trained service dog. Now, tell me what Freedom Dogs is for those of us who don't know. Basically, um, they train um, the dogs to be um, service dogs for people that are um, from PTSD to um, wheel-trained, I mean, wheelchair guys that have to be stuck in wheelchairs now due to, you know, injuries from combat, and they take these dogs, and they train them, and they turn into your newest, bestest friend, and they do everything from, you know, warning um, that people are coming into a building to being able to actually turn off lights and do laundry. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. So these are freedom dogs, and you guys are going to be be working with that program. And now when... When was the last time your husband was deployed? My husband came back in 2005. So 2004 was his last um, deployment to um, OAF, too. And um, and where that, did he go? He went to Iraq. He, he was to Iraq. Um, and how long was he there? He was there for seven months, and okay. he was part of Operation Phantom Fury. Um, that was the 
the big takeover in Fallujah. And um, from there, he um, got some, I guess, PTSD symptoms that um, were kept deep down inside um, for many, many years. And we've just been dealing with them together as a family to the point where um, PTSD, you can live with it and then and it be okay and you can, you know, do your daily things. And then one thing can trigger it and it can be full-blown. Um, our son, when he was five months old, he stopped breathing and we had to perform CPR on him. And from there, that triggered my husband's PTSD. And so now... He is um, at Wounded Warrior. We are trying to do our best to work through his different types of um, treatments. He also was shot in 2004, so he also has a Purple Heart, and um, those were all contributing factors to why we're at Wounded Warrior now. And this was really like five years or something like that, this battle with PTSD, with no one really knowing but your immediate family. Yep. Basically, because, you know, you don't want to, you're a big bad Marine that doesn't want to ever have to say that you have anything wrong with you and I can get through anything, and that's basically what it was. It was just pushing it aside and trying to be the best that you can be until sometimes it's time just to say, hey, I need help. And that's that's why there's a lot of service members that currently battle PTSD and um, either one don't want to be looked at through their unit as being weak or being a cop-out, maybe to go on a deployment. But PTSD is a severe condition that needs treatment. Well, and there's, um, well, one of the things that, you know, our show is based on is about um, is, is about raising awareness. Uh, and, um, you know, the Military Mom Talk Radio is about sharing information, um, and there, but there is, uh, there is, you know, that same thing of like, I'm a big bad Marine, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, ask for help, I'm not even gonna acknowledge that I need help, but there's also that some with some of the military moms I've met over the years, that they're like, you know, we just tough it out, you know, they want to support their spouses and their families, and um, having that mindset makes it really hard for us to, um, you know, to ask for help when we need it. And that's one of the reasons that we've brought Lisa Kamen on today and her her happiness uh, documentary and her happiness advice. And um, do you think, uh, Tina, that makes a difference? Um, I believe so. Honestly, a lot of people, like you said, they put on that smiling face and they work through anything. And I did that for four years. Four years of putting on that, no one knew anything that, you know, goes on behind closed doors, but there's a lot of things that were in my life, the long nights of nightmares and the anxiety and the paranoia that no one would ever know because you just put on that smiling face and you try to just work through it so that everyone else thinks everything's okay from the outside. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about with our uh, guest, Lisa Kamen, who's coming up in the next segment, uh, we're going to talk a lot about being mindful and being aware and um, how our how our mental state and the choices we make and the way we think really can dictate our levels of happiness. And as moms, that dictates a lot the levels of happiness in our children. Yes. And, Tina, when you guys were struggling um, before, you know, not that, you know, just 
getting the help you need, you know, makes it immediately a difference. But if your spouse is struggling and you are struggling, it's got to be really difficult to parent effectively. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's more of the kind of aggravatedness of, you know, trying to explain trying to explain to the kids in the appropriate ways so that they understand. I have, my children are in a bunch of different age brackets, so it's like the oldest one she kind of knew something was going on to where the other ones they were kind of like, well, daddy went from being this to being this, and we can't do these kind of things around daddy now because, you know, he's it scares him or he gets startled or those kind of things. So it is it's hard, and the kids that's the biggest thing is to learn how to be able to talk through it to the kids. Okay, we'll be back in a few minutes after this station break. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? That's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Tina Gonzalez. And we'll be right back after these. Girlfriend It is on Toginet, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend It principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out GirlfriendIt.com and then be a part of GirlfriendIt the radio show. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to mm-hmm. have somebody that you go she gets me. Check out the website GirlfriendIt.com. Don't miss GirlfriendIt with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now, let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Back. Hey, Military Moms. We're back. I'm here with my great co-host, Tina Gonzalez, and we have just the best guest today. She's an expert on happiness. 
She has a master's in psychology. She is a, a coach. She also is a documentary film producer, a mother of two. Uh, welcome, Lisa Kamen. I don't think there's anything you can't do. <laughs> Thanks, Sandra. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I think that that is a perfect segue into into talking about happiness and the military, about there's nothing that I can't do or anybody else can't do. And I think that that is one of the most um, admirable qualities about um, the soldiers of our country and also the, the spouses and partners of them as well, is it takes a certain kind of internal fortitude and external fortitude to do what you do on a daily basis. Now, one of the things that many of our listeners um, struggle with or they, they experience, and Tina, you were so great in the first segment talking about kind of, you know, what goes on and how it feels and, and um, you know, when your spouse is both deployed. And then in your case, uh, Tina, you know, struggles with PTSD and was shot. So you kind of have, you know, three things going on there. Um, and Lisa, you were on listening to this segment with us. What kind of um, things can you share with us about happiness, like when your spouse is deployed or when your spouse is injured or ill? Well, I think one of the first things that I would mention that Tina discussed at great length about how she finds happiness is the interconnectedness with her community. And research has shown time and time again that human beings are, of course, social creatures. And one of the ways that a lot of us achieve greater happiness levels is by engaging with others. And I think that that holds true when dealing with the shock or fear or just the, the reality of a pending deployment, that if one has the ability to, to talk freely and openly in a respected, loving environment with others who experience um, like-minded activities and uh, like-minded conditions, that it offers a place of refuge and um, freedom to, to express one's feelings and be happier, even when the situations themselves aren't happy, that happiness can, adverse, can occur and, in fact, does within adverse circumstances. Well, and I could imagine, uh, you know, and Tina, you can chime in at any time, you know, that kind of networking, that kind of support would be very comforting during really difficult times. No, no, it is, because there's, I mean, I don't know how many times I've come across, um, like, new neighbors, even, that move in, and their husband just deployed, and they're stuck in their house, and they're in there with their kids. It's to the point where I'm horrible. I will go over there, and I'll be like, come on, I'm your neighbor. You're going to learn to like me, and it's because they got to get out. You can't just stay inside of a house and dwell on the negativity. And that's what a lot of, especially people that are new to the community and know nobody, they dwell on the negativity. It's constantly watching the news. You can't watch the news every day, especially for the fact that things on the news aren't always true. And when you have a husband that's over there fighting, that's the last thing you need to be looking at is what's going on in the news and how many negative things have happened for that day. you got to get out and you got to interact with people around you. Well, and I think, uh, Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, that plays into some of the things I know about. Lisa does these fantastic seminars. She does speaking engagements, and I've been lucky to be able to attend both her engagements and her workshops. And one of the things, Lisa, that I learned in your workshop was that, you know, especially in difficult situations, that, you know, happiness is contagious. But also on the flip side, so is negativity, and I think, um, you know, Tina, that's what, what you're talking about, that, you know, you can't 
turn on the news and watch these things. I know I've got a flag from Mosul uh, that was sent to me in November of 2004, and every time I'd hear Mosul on there, I'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, Lisa, how does... <laughs> How does that kind of happiness is contagious and, you know, negativity can be contagious too. How does that affect our level of happiness? Well, I think when we, uh, when we are fearful, we get stuck, we become paralyzed. And one of the tools uh, that is very helpful in getting out of this paralyzed state is to go do something for somebody else. And that is a very key component because when we're in fear and we're in sadness and we're in depression, the last thing we feel like doing sometimes is even getting out of bed and just to take care of the children, let alone go and do the laundry, is, is a chore and very, very, very difficult. Um, so I think that one of the tools, even if it's handled as a baby step and something very small, is to go do something for somebody else. So, so you mentioned, Tina, about going over to the neighbor, the new neighbor, and just yes. offering um, some kindness. That in of itself is, is an act that will elevate you and get you out of the dark place or can assist with getting you out of the dark place. And it doesn't happen, um, you know, instantaneously. It's a process. And it's a process of recognizing that there is fear and there is, no, there is nothing wrong with the fear. And in addition to the fear, there is the opportunity to find some joy in every day, which brings us to the topic of mindfulness. Um, uh, one of the things that I like to work with in, in my workshops and coach, coaching sessions is this concept of mindfulness, that all there really is is this very moment, that the past is history, tomorrow is, is a, only a possibility, but the only true thing that any one of us have, our husbands or our wives who are half a world away or us being present with our children in the moment is this moment, and to get up every day and really embrace the moment as fully as humanly possible because it's the only thing we know for sure. And certainly um, military uh, moms and partners and, and uh, personnel know this better than probably the rest of society. Now, what does that mean? I, you use the word mindful, and sometimes, you know, I struggle with understanding. It, does that mean that we, we're listening to our own thoughts, or what does it mean to be mindful? Well, mindfulness, on the one hand, is being aware of the moment, what your thoughts, feelings, and actions are in the moment. How am I feeling? I'm, I, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling jittery. I'm feeling very anxious. And then understanding that it's just a momentary condition, that it, it has the, the potential, if we allow it, to pass like a wave, that it's, it's one that we can recognize that it's there and not let, us, let it completely debilitate us and, and, and paralyze us. So I think when we say mindful or being aware, it's understanding that these negative, or not really negative, but maybe uncomfortable emotions come up as just part of our daily experience, but they don't have to define us, that we have the ability to have free choice over what we um, are choosing to do, um, and these other feelings are just part of what is going on, that we still have to take care of our children, we still have to do the laundry, we still have to participate and engage with life, and why not do it um, as joyfully as possible? So by being aware of what is going, one is going through in the moment, one has the ability to take dominion to some degree over our thoughts, feelings, and actions. Well, you had said one time, I heard you speaking uh, at one point, and you said something about, you know, thoughts having energy, and this is going to be like a really silly, dumb analogy, but, you know, this weekend I went bathing suit shopping, and I put mm -hmm. this bathing suit on, 
And I looked in the mirror and I thought, oh, my God, I look terrible, you know, because the lights are awful. And then I, you know, turned around and, you know, futzed around with a couple other swimsuits. And then I put that same swimsuit back on. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, it doesn't look half bad. It actually looks kind of good. Now, it was the same swimsuit. I certainly didn't lose 30 pounds, you know, trying on three swimsuits (laughs) and get all toned. But it was like a different mindset or, you know, a different set of thoughts. And the first set of thoughts made me feel like dumpy, lumpy, frumpy, and fat. The second set of thoughts made me go, you know what, I'm not that bad. This I could wear to a pool party. I actually look kind of cute. But those two, like, sets of thoughts that were in the same, completely same set of conditions, same suit, same body, same lighting, same everything, it was just kind of like a different way of looking at the same situation. And so, they're both true. And they're, <laughs> they're both true. <laughs> I'm lumpy, dumpy, frumpy, and fat, or I'm like one smoking hot mama. But but that but there is something very uh, there, there's something very amusing about what you just said in that they really are both true because it's all it's all about what color glasses you're choo- choosing to view the world with or view, view the world through is that if you choose to see yourself at, in the negative sense you will be that you will become self conscious and others will will see you as self conscious whereas if you show up as one smoking hot mama that is who you will be and that's how people will will, will look at you as and view you as. So perception is everything, and how we choose to relate to the issue is the issue. The, the relationship to our fear, the relationship to our sadness, the relationship to our joy, because they all have the potential to exist in the same time and space. And it's not being Pollyanna-ish to go, I choose to look at the bright side of things. I mean, why as a society do we always focus on the negative? I mean, I know that sells more newspapers, you know, people turn in to the news for, like, gory stuff and, you know, happy stuff doesn't, doesn't sell. But have we as a culture been conditioned, do you think, to be negative? Well, I think we, we, we thrive on the negativity, negativity almost voyeuristically, that, you know, that we get to peer into some parts of society that are, like, maybe some parts of ourselves that we're afraid to deal with. You know, could it be that? that we, uh, we can't just be in the moment. We can't go back to that mindful place where we're, where we're happy with where we are and with whom we are in, in the moment. So we conjure up all of these other machinations to take us out of balance because of the alternative to that is just being in the moment. So being aware of what we're thinking and then choosing our thoughts can increase our level of happiness. Is that, is that what I'm understanding? Well, I, we can't always choose the thoughts because the thoughts sometimes po- just pop into our mind, but it's what we do with those thoughts. How do we finesse ourselves if they're negative thoughts or destructive thoughts um, to, to move from the, the fear and the doubt and the negativity and the sadness to a more comfortable place? And that there are, there are several tools for that. And I think that we're going to be able to explore those in a little bit. Great. We are here on Military Mom Talk Radio. I have my lovely co-host, Tina Gonzalez, and our fantastic guest today, Lisa Kamen. We're talking about happiness. When we get back from our break, we are going to talk a little bit about um, happiness as a choice and a little bit more about being mindful with Lisa Kamen.
Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? That's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Tina Gonzalez. And we'll be right back after these. Join Learning and Laughter with Louise every Wednesday at 9 Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on Toginet to discuss fun, fascinating, and educational topics. Each week, Louise will be talking with a variety of guests, ranging from authors, educators, parents, filmmakers, athletes, and entrepreneurs, just to name a few. You know, when it comes to learning, the sky is the limit. And so will the topics that are covered here on Learning and Laughter with Louise. Louise Sattler is a school psychologist who has worked within the fields of special education and bilingual education. She also owns a successful company, Signing Families that creates DVDs and special workshops to teach sign language and instructional products for people of all ages and needs. With new DVDs coming out soon, check her website for more information at signingfamilies.com. From time to time, Louise will be joined by her daughter, Natasha Sattler, who will give a college-age perspective to the show. So pour that morning cup of coffee and join us here on Toginet every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. You never know who will show up for Learning and Laughter with Louise on toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet. Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life. I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. and I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, rebuilding, building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com put a boot in your ass it's the american way Help Sam. put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking her fist welcome back to military mom talk radio on toginet.com Covering topics to help on the home front. With help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now, let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Beck. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and we are back with our fantastic guest, Lisa Kamen. She has her master's degree. She's a documentary filmmaker, mother of two. She's just amazing on so many different levels. And we want to put a big thank you out to Bobby Bell, who does the music for our show. Because whenever this segment starts and we hear Toby Keith going, because I'll put a boot in your ass because it's the American way, just, I don't know. It just makes me laugh. I don't care how many times I hear it. Um, Hey, Tina, I've got a question for you. We're going to talk in this segment with Lisa about gratitude, and um, but you had some insight during the break that was really cool about negative people and gratitude. Can you share with us what you shared with me during the break? Sure. My one of my main things that I live by is to be happy for what you have. I am the kind of person where I don't dwell on what I don't have. I am happy for exactly what I have. I would honestly, I'd be happy. I'm. 
I have a lot of people that live around me that are always like, oh, we have no money and finances are so bad. And to me, I'd rather be poor and happy than to have lots of money and be unhappy because I see it all the time. I see people all the time that are flaunting everything they have um, that live down the street, but are they really happy? And I don't, I don't see it. I'm happy with the little that I have. And I have neighbors that they will sit in their house with their shades drawn and dwell on the fact that their husband's gone and their kids are being rotten and no one listens to them. And I'm that person that goes right on over and is like, all right, pull the shades. It's time to let the light in. You know, you can't be happy when you're living in a cave. You can't be happy when you're feeling sorry for yourself because the only way to have happiness is if you make it for yourself. And to, like Lisa said, to think happy to me is to be happy. I, that's, I get up in the morning with, okay, I might have not had a whole lot of sleep, but I'll make the best of it. And you go on with your day with that happy thought. Normally, it leads into an okay, so, you know, so-so, not the best morning, but it, it can make it, it can make your day a whole lot better. I try well, to tell my husband. Of us have our spouses gone for a variety of reasons. They could be gone because of work. They could be gone yeah. because they're deployed. They could be gone because they're sick. Um, you know, like for me, I'm divorced, and, you know, my husband's long gone. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's kind of part more of the happiness factor. Um, but to intervene by saying that one of the greatest tools for cultivating greater happiness, for harvesting happiness, is to express gratitude, is to go out into the world and just say thank you. You know, just the common courtesy that we're taught when we're young about showing appreciation for the things that are right. And it can be, you know, making eye contact with the man or woman at the dry cleaner who, you know, gets our clothes and takes care of our stuff to the, the, the postal worker, to the person at the 7-Eleven, you know, just making eye contact and giving thanks. And then that thanks extends to the people around us, to the people that we love, to the people that we know, to our children, for the very things that they do right. Because life isn't perfect. We're not perfect. And we certainly don't always perform perfectly. But if we can appreciate the things that go right in our life and the people who are right in our life, I think it just makes our immediate world a much more happy place to be in and to participate in. And that is one of the greatest um, tools that I have, I have learned about assisting others in cultivating their joy. Now, there's something I learned in graduate school, and, and Tina, you did too, because you just finished your, your MBA, right? Yes. Yeah, mine's like, you know, 10 years old. So, and <laughs> so, But I think it still stands true to this day, and I remember them teaching us in confidence and leadership, and I think it applies to happiness, the kind of the concept of fake it till you make it, because there are some days, and I'll tell you, you know, I've been friends, lovely friends with Lisa Kamen, and I've watched her navigate so many difficult things and show up and be on target and and have this great attitude, even though there's stuff like everyone has in their life. At some point, you know, things are raining down on her, and she just shows up with this super attitude, this big smile on her face. She's cute, petite, adorable, this little powerhouse that I feel can get through anything. And I've learned from her sometimes that when I get up, if I fake it till I make it, I can fake being cheery. I can fake, and then, by God, you know, I am. I am happy. Well, you know, you've heard the expression, if you can change your mind, you can change your world. And that's what we're working on here, is, is, is simple techniques to help change one's mindset. And that is completely true, Sandra, about, you know, 
faking it till you make it or, you know, living as if, and then, and then our lives sort of evolve to that place. So um, the gratitude is, is, you know, really a good exercise. And I would, I would, you know, ask that everybody consider it, you know, just going out in the world and just giving thanks, you know, maybe even having a little place where you can write down notes of gratitude. Chris Peterson, who's at the University of Michigan, who's one of the uh, positive psychologists who's a contributor to H-Factor, my documentary film, talks about his wall of gratitude, where every day he pins something up on the wall uh, for which he's grateful. And, you know, soon enough, you have a whole host of things that you can look at and reflect upon that add tremendous value to your life just by acknowledging it. And it takes the, um, that de-emphasizes the negative and, and highlights the positive. Well, and Lisa, you taught me a really great thing about, you know, and I, I have these ratty little index cards <laughs> by the side of my bed. And whenever I feel, you know, particularly challenged, I am a single mother of two kids. I run a company. You know, my mom is stage four breast cancer. So there's some things going on in my life that make it hard to be as perky as I could be. But you had me write down on this little index card, you know, the things I'm grateful for, my, my gratitude list. And, of course, you know, now they're scribbled all over. There's like six ratty little cards near my bed. But I would tell you, I go to bed at night, I read them before I go to bed, and then I quickly read them before I get, like, yanked out of bed in the morning by my three-year-old. But it does set the tone for the day because I think we get so busy that it's hard to, to remember to be grateful. Tina, does that ever happen to you? Yes, it does. Actually, I have this book by my bed, and it has it's a motherly insight, daily devotions, and I read one every single morning because I'm like, okay, just give me some encouraging words <laughs> to start my day off, and maybe everything will run well. Because there are, I can get up in the best of moods, and then you know, one thing down the road, one little tiny thing could just backfire, and you're like, okay. Just breathe through it. You're going to be fine. Because I used to be the kind of person that just, like, smiled through it and was like, okay, everything's going to be hunky-dory. But I've learned that sometimes just kind of, like, letting it, you know, fly over your head isn't the best way to deal with it and to actually be like, okay, let's fix this so that next time it will be better. But in a happy tone, you don't got to be negative about it. You don't got to be running and raving and screaming and making things even worse. So I believe the way that you deal with it, the way you go about it with the tone in your voice can always make a bad situation better. Well, Lisa, what are some other tools that our moms can use? You know, being mindful, you know, um, I think, Tina, one of the things you said made me think about, like, taking responsibility for what is. Like you said, like, not just letting everything go over your head. Um, Lisa, can you talk a little bit about kind of happiness and responsibility and maybe even resiliency? Well, I definitely want to talk about happiness and responsibility because one of the things that I always like to share with people is that happiness is an inside job, that happiness is a choice, and each and every day we have the opportunity to make good choices, that it's not because maybe one day we weren't at our happiest that we are unhappy people. We just were experiencing an unhappy moment and are going to choose differently the next time because it just feels better. So if we keep that in mind, that happiness is dynamic, that it's not ever present at, at you know at every single moment in e- within each one of us. However, it is always available to us. So it, when we're making our choices about how we're going to be with ourselves and how we're going to be with others, it is far more interesting to to choose happiness than to choose being unhappy than to choose the negativity because being negative limits us. Being happy 
doesn't limit us because it, it, it makes us aware that life is filled with possibilities, that things are ever-changing and things will get better, even in the face of adversity. Well, there's a great, um, you know, we talk about um, a lot of these, you know, little catchphrases that we hear over and over, like loving what is. And, you know, I never really stop to think about those things. I actually use them, but I don't stop enough to think about actually what I'm saying or what I'm hearing. And one of the things that I heard recently is like, if you think you can't do something and you don't try, it's the only time you're right. <laughs> That's true. You know, every other time, if you just give it a shot, and I would welcome, you know, the moms listening today, even though some of this stuff can sound a little bit airy-fairy or a little bit hokey, um, you know, it's like the kind of stuff that I wish we had been taught in kindergarten, you know, that that a lot of this stuff is really valuable for our kids. And in our next segment, we're going to talk about, um, you know, teaching our children about happiness and learning as adults, some of these happiness things is really important. Lisa? Yes, I, I, I agree. And one of the things I also wanted to mention is the notion of self-care to, to um, increasing our happiness levels. When we take good care of ourselves, and I don't mean the taking care of oneself that's narcissistic or egotistical or selfish, but you know, eating well, sleeping well, exercising, and maybe even a little pampering thrown in now and again, we, we bolster ourselves, we bolster our immune systems, we bolster our minds, we bolster our hearts to be the best person that we can be to go out into the world and take care of our children and take care of the things that we need to take care of. And if we are the primary parent who is at home when a partner is deployed, it's even more important that we're strong and able to show up for the kids, for the families, and for the partner that's away. Well, taking those breaks, um, you know, giving yourself the ability even just to, you know, go into the bathroom for a minute, shut the door away from the kids and breathe, maybe pluck your eyebrows, you know, do whatever it is just to give you a little bit of break is okay. It's it's self-care. It's not it's not being indulgent. And I think that's what a lot of our moms struggle with. What about you, Tina? Oh, I do. All the time. I used to be, let my kids go to sleep whenever they wanted until I learned that I need mommy time. Everyone will be in bed and quiet in their rooms by 9 o'clock because mommy time is my time, and I need that time. I need that oh. self-care time. <laughs> That's great. We are going to go to commercial break right now. I'm here with Lisa Kamen. Um, I'm going to give your website really quick, Lisa, www.whatisyourhappiness.com. Check her out. We will be back after the break. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system, keeping the home fires burning? That's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Tina Gonzalez. And we'll be right back after these. Combine snide and remark and you've got snark. Combine Lisa Mena and Valia Alvarez on Monday nights and you've got deep dish snark. Monday nights at 9, 8 central, part of the Her Insight Network. When you've had enough at work or at home, 
and you're ready to laugh, join Lisa and Value for their no BS look at the world and the people in it. They'll be serving up a no-holds-barred take on pop culture, current events, entertainment, and family matters with segments like Accidentally Helpful, TV is Not My Hobby, and Who Sucks This Week? Deep Dish Snark delivers something for every girl who enjoys life with a dash of sarcasm. Lisa Manna is a former TV news anchor turned stay-at-home mom. She's making sure if anyone screws up her kids, it's her. Valia Alvarez suffers life as a jack-of-all-trades, mistress of none, by juggling a PR career, marriage, motherhood, and more. Don't miss Deep Dish Snark with Lisa Manna and Valia Alvarez. Monday nights at 9, 8 Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Mom with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now, let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Beck. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with my fantastic co-host, Tina Gonzalez. And we have the luxury of having Lisa Cypress came in today on the show. I invite you guys to Google her. Just so many great things out there. She has a film, What is Your Happiness? She gives these great workshops, um, harvestinghappiness.com. You should go there and check it out. She does personal coaching. She speaks at events. She's done stuff all over the world, and she's available for hire uh, for a variety of things. And she just is one of the most motivating, one of the most fun, insightful, and fantastic women I've ever had the pleasure to meet. And we're so happy to have you here today, Lisa. Oh, Sandra, thanks. I'm going to express my gratitude to you. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for inviting me on the show, and thanks for the hugs, sort of audible hugs. The audible hugs. And and Tina, i got to say, you on the show makes it so fantastic because you bring such joy and you bring such great stories. And, and I have to applaud you because the military can be a very closed and private place. And for you to come on and share your experiences with other moms is just truly fantastic. So I, I'm going to put out there that I am grateful for you to be my co-host. And we have Aww. lots of fun. Thank you so much. So let's see. We've got some kids uh, between us. Uh, Lisa, how old are your children? My daughter, Kayla, who also co-produced the film, H-Factor, Where is Your Heart, is going to be 13. 
And my son, Ariel, is 10 and a half, and I've got my hands full with a house of uh, preteeners. Preteeners. And Tina, go ahead, bring up your crew. 11, 6, which both of them are going on like 21, and 3 and 2. 3 and 2. So and I'm feeling the preteeners. Oh, go ahead. I feel them preteeners. I know exactly what you're talking about, Lisa. Mm. See, and I don't. I have little rugrats. I have a three-year-old, and um, uh, but I do have a six-year-old that's going on 50. So, um, Lisa, what I'm so excited about, because this is Military Mom Talk Radio, and we do like to enlighten and educate and entertain, uh, what advice do you have for us in teaching our children of varying ages about happiness? What can we teach them? Well, this is a fantastic question because I am personally challenged with this. In fact, it was one of the reasons why I made the film was to try and assist my children in learning that happiness truly comes from within, that it is a choice, that it's not predicated on external circumstances, that it's not about the new shiny object that they've just purchased, although having a new shiny object, that the latest and greatest gizmo or game is, is, is a lot of fun and brings short-term happiness but the abiding joy comes from a very different place. And to imbue children with this notion at an early age, I think, can only help them be happier adults. So in, 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 in an effort to create greater awareness in the kids, I think that when my kids start to whine, one of the things that I like to do is say, you know what, I don't understand whinies. So if you can talk to me in in, you know, words and tell me what you're feeling, I might be able to help you out with that problem. Or, you know what, your momentary unhappiness doesn't mean that you are an unhappy person, that delaying the gratification, that there are some real parenting challenges that occur when trying to give our children what they, what, what they want, what we believe that they, that they need or deserve, um, and that the delicate balance is to take care of them and also let them know that it's can't always get what you want when you want it, and it doesn't make you an unhappy person. But the ability to kind of sit tight and, and, and hold on um, breeds uh, a happier, more contented person in the long run. Well, that's a much better strategy. I usually wind back at them, and then it just escalates. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you're saying is, like, Lisa, if I understand correctly, it's okay to, like, you know, sit down, like if we sit down at dinner or we sit down, in my house we have these family meetings. I know it's a little bit Brady Bunch, but, you know, I'm a meeting person. And, you know, <laughs> we can actually talk to our kids about what it means to be happy and, and, you know, have these kind of discussions because our little kids today are like, you know, six going on 60 or five going on 50. And if we teach them these things intellectually, emotionally, I think they might navigate things better maybe than the three of us have done. Well, I think there's something to that, and there's also a greater challenge, that we are given so many um, visions by the media, so many impressions of what happiness is. We're told that by eating a certain meal, we're going to be happy. By drinking a certain soda, we're going to be happy. By driving a certain car, that we're going to be happy. When, in fact, the true and lasting happiness comes from a very different realm. And when our children are receiving these messages that to go out and purchase something, some little widget that they're going to get happier, it's, it's very misleading for, for, for what true happiness is. So I think it's a wonderful topic of discussion with our children to ask them what makes them happy and point out that that's happiness that's external and what about what is happiness that's internal? Where do you get your inside happiness from? 
And I bet that most people will be very interested to know that their children do have an answer. See, that's, I think that's so cool because it's one of those things that, you know, for me, you know, I was raised in a little cow town outside of Buffalo and, you know, went from, you know, Buffalo to Beverly Hills and, you know, acquired, acquired, acquired. And then when my marriage fell apart, I had to, uh, you know, fire sale everything and what was amazing about that whole process is, you know, here I'm in crisis going, oh, my gosh, I've got to sell my cars, I've got to get rid of this, I've got to get rid of that. And, you know, it was a really powerful time for me because it really identified with me that, like, stuff is just stuff, it's temporary, you know, the happiness is this. But watching, you know, especially my six-year-old roll with all these changes was really amazing because... I think you're right. We do learn through external sources that, and especially for the advertising and media, that, hey, these things, you know, get a big house, get a great car, get a summer home, you know, buy all these clothes, do all these things. You'll be happy, happy, happy. And, you know, my kids are happy because they're happy. And then we teach them, I think, through the media that there's all these external things. So I think we gotta, we got to counter, counteract the media messages that they're given so they can see that. I mean, I learned that lesson, you know, over the age of 35. And um, it's just having that conversation with our kids, I think, can be really powerful. I think so. And you mentioned one word that I wanted to kind of cue back in on, and that was resiliency. Because I think that one of the things that we underestimate about our children is the fact that they are truly resilient. That sort of children come out in a rubber band kind of a way into the world. And we... Um, disable that quality within them by enabling them when we give them everything that they want when they want it. And kids are adaptable. They, they, they are all about change because they're, they are constant change. They change every day. They have new opinions every day, new hairdos every day. And uh, I think if any, any of you who have little girls, which I know, Sandra, you don't, but I, I have a little girl that can change her outfit six times in one day. So oh, yeah. one thing that is certain in life is change and the ability to roll with those changes and to be resilient and be positive when things aren't always so happy and positive is one of the sure ways to find greater overall joy as time goes on. Well, and I think that's so important. I think, you know, especially in times of crisis, you know, whether it's a deployment, an illness, an injury, or a divorce, I know that, you know, the divorce rate is pretty high nationwide, it's pretty high you know, in our military, um, in times of crisis, to remember that change, you know, life is all about change. Because you're right, as a kid, you know, our bodies are developing, our tastes are developing, you know, we're forming and growing. I think as adults sometimes, we can get a little bit stuck in going, okay, I'm going to preserve everything. I'm going to preserve, you know, all that I've acquired. I'm going to preserve my mindset when really life is about change. And I think recognizing it and accepting it, being resilient, rolling through it, being mindful, Lisa, what you talked about, really can help increase our levels of in individual happiness. Yes. And also, I, I believe that beliefs play a big role in this. What we choose to believe about ourselves, about the world around us, about our own happiness, about our own sadness, that nothing remains the same. And it goes back to being willing to roll with the changes about believing in tomorrow, about believing in possibilities, and believing that each opportunity, whether it's positive or negative, offers a, a chance to grow and to learn more about ourselves and learn more about others around us. 
And the other thing is about um, going back to the self-care, which we talked of in the earlier, spoke of in the earlier sec- segment. Um, there's another component to that, and that is um, spiritual practice. And whatever form that takes for people, for some people it might be meditation, for others it might be going to church or temple or to the mosque, um, uh, for others it may be journaling, for some people it may be knitting. Whatever, whatever that is that engages us and allows us to quiet ourselves down and focus on um, just being and, and uh also having an understanding that we are part of the bigger picture, that it does, it's not just about us, I think, and I know, actually, um, contributes to greater happiness levels in individuals. Well, you, you are the expert. You are our happiness expert. And um, one of the things that, Lisa, you've brought to my life is you really helped me take a very difficult past couple years and not only acknowledge them, appreciate them, let them go, but, you know, give me the opportunity to see these changes as an opportunity to do good. I would never have this Military Mom Talk radio show. I wouldn't have the Motherhood Talk radio show that airs on Tuesdays. You know, the old adage of, you know, when one door closes, another opens, really depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Well, how we relate to the issue is the issue. Let's let's say that slowly. How we relate to the issue is the issue. So going back to that bathing suit analogy, it wasn't the bathing suit. It wasn't my body at the bathing suit. It was how I chose to look at the bathing suit and my body. So the issue, what is it again? How we relate to the issue is the issue. Is the issue. You guys, I've been so, I had so much fun today with both of you, and we want to thank Carrie for being just the best producer ever out of Texas. We have Lisa Kamen, Lisa Cypress Kamen today. Check out her website, whatisyourhappiness.com, just like it's spelled. She can be Googled under Lisa Kamen, K-A-M-E-N, or Lisa Cypress Kamen. Lisa, we're going to have to have you back because this was just too much fun. I would be delighted to come back. Thanks, you guys, or you gals. (laughs) Thank you. 